you hear about the Avengers? They're going to film the whole thing, start to finish, in Scotland. Why? Because Scotland's the new Hollywood. Welcome to Glala Land. Apparently they're going to put a tiny little kilt on all the Oscars this year. Welcome to episode 25 of Blethered. I'm Sean McDonald and this episode is with TV editor and producer Ewan Denny. Ewan is an absolutely top guy and this was a great laugh to record. I actually made a mess of the audio so this is going out a month after it was originally recorded. Sorry about that but I'm glad to be able to put it out now. In this episode we talk about Ewan's early life growing up in Cumbernauld how he ended up going back to uni in order to pursue a career in television, a gamble that's paid off for him tenfold, which you'll hear about. We discuss the pursuit of personal fulfilment, how it's important to spend as much time as possible in life doing the things that you actually enjoy. We talked about the concept of fate and destiny, a couple of other deep things, but we also spoke for five minutes about how much we love Aldi. I think it was actually mainly me. Don't fight it, just go with it. There's some great products, you'll hear all about them. He tells me about how he met Scott Squad creator and good pal Joe Hulett. Joe Hulley. That'll make sense later on in the episode. When they were both on work experience at the comedy unit, with them going on to work in a host of things together, including Lincoln Lawn, which is what you just heard in the intro, and most recently the TV adaptation of Chris McQueer's best-selling book, Hings, for the BBC. Eunice had an interesting career on TV, so far and he's worked as an editor and or producer on a variety of popular shows, uh, off, off the top of my head, Insane Fight Club is one, it's a documentary on Mark Dallas's ICW Wrestling Company, good chat about that. Overall, this was a great chat, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did, if you do enjoy it, feel free to share it, I really appreciate it when people do that, it actually helps a hell of a lot. Cheers. Joined for this episode of Blethered with producer, writer, funny man, Ewan Denny. Ewan, welcome. Thanks very much for having us, mate. Thanks for thanks for joining. Uh, we'll get right into it. Early life. Yep. Tell me about it, please, before we get right into what's <laughs> happening now. Um, basically, I was a wee guy, grew up in Cumbernauld, uh, born, born in Glasgow, what's it called, Cumbernauld. Did the joke for you because I get it all the time. I mate. was waiting. <laughs> I seen it. I seen it on the tip of your tongue, mate. Right, like, thanks for joining this episode. And this interview is over. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Uh, I know it's um, it's a weird place to be honest. Uh, I'm from a wee place called Kandorit mm-hmm. or Kandorit, uh, and that's like the first kind of place that you hit before you even get in at Cumbernauld. Is it? I always uh, thought that was after. No, so it's. Basically, straight to the motorway, first thing that you hit if you're getting mm-hmm. out of kind of Cumberland. And um, I, I mean, I, I liked where I grew up. To be honest, like it's no, I'm not one of those guys that's pure, Aye. you know, uh, hating it or whatever. But there's a weird mentality in those sort of towns where you're just mm. like, for me, it was I want to get out. 
as soon as I can. Like, I was going to say everybody's cousins, but there'll be complaints. <laughs> <laughs> to Boris, man, like, that's to be fair. That's more Croy, and, uh, right, and okay, that's well, a lot of my mates are from Croy. So. <laughs> no, not at all. Croy's lovely. That's genuinely it's one of the Fergus nicest McCann people, man. Is Croy. Really? Aye. I didn't. I didn't know. I'm that. sure Fergus McCann's from Croy. Is he? I'm. Sh- I is because you know why he, he was t- he was like yeah I used to run the Croy Celtic supporters bus <laughs> no you never <laughs> shut up so my Bob and Wally for my band they're for Croy and uh, Scott the keyboard player for the band's like grannies for Croy or something so it's that way where I'm the only one that's no further uh, actually the first time that I joined the band uh, we used to play in the wee Croy Miners Club as right. a re- rehearsal sort of space aye, aye. And uh, the first thing they asked me was like, "All right, son, uh, so what's your parish?" <laughs> and, I, and I was like, "What? I don't know what that means." I, I think you've been that before. I <laughs> honestly, man, it's such a classy place. Like, and I, I, everyone always looks at Fritcher. Uh-huh. So think of that, uh, but on a bigger scale, we can do it. I'd say, Aye. and then uh, and then all the other areas and coming out to each other and fight each other. The usual. So it's strange how that happens, isn't it? Aye, I don't I've know. found it strange how like. So, say people in Glasgow tend to have a hostility towards Edinburgh and vice Aye. versa, but the further away that we travel, the more united we become. It's <laughs> like when we're close to each other at home, we're like, oh, what? You're for 40 miles away, you're a prick. Exactly. But when we're away, it's like this kind of, I don't know, like this unspoken, oh, we've got to be pals here and unite against the English. I don't know what it is, man. It's like, it's it's a bizarre thing. It's a bizarre mentality. To be honest, I never really had that mentality. Like, my, my brother was always the one that was out and, you know, drinking and, you know, getting up to all sorts. And I was the wee fat guy sitting in my bedroom <laughs> watching wrestling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, was, I wasn't really into all that kid. Um But I so kind of grew up Cumberland, you know, pretty run of the mill. Mm-hmm. But uh, as soon as I could, I wanted out, man. So I left school when I was like 16 uh, and tried to kind of, I don't know, I didn't really know what to do, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So ended up kind of doing one of those random college courses just uh, I, well it was like multimedia uh, whatever that is so it was a bit of everything um, and then for there I kind of realised that actually video was the stuff I was into uh-huh. um, and started kind of making my own wee daft videos and animations and all that sort of stuff and uh, I actually took that right through to degree even though I was only like 16 I kind of did college and all that and then ended up going to uni and stuff uh-huh. And uh, for there, like, you know, it's that weird thing where, like, when you go to college or something, you're, you're really like-minded people, so like, they're all my best pals now, um, and have been since I was like, a wee guy, do you know what I mean? But I'd say I'd, I'm much closer to them than I would be for people from school or, or even where I grew up. It's funny that, into I think, young people, I'm saying that as if, like, I'm a pure authority, I'm, like, eight <laughs> years older than them. you <laughs> like, younger people... Because I remember being at school and it's like, oh, you think that's your best pals and that. Aye. But the reality is, you just happen to live near each other. Like, there's a ge- All you've got in common predominantly is that geography. Aye, that's it. And you don't share the common interests. I mean, for school, I suppose that, that actually going to sound ridiculous. I speak to loads of people for Aye. school all See, the I time. Really, to be honest, I've got a select few group mm. of people, that's about it. But I, I know what you mean about you then share that common interest Aye, and well, that's how you, you gravitate if, towards if, each other that's exactly it man if you're doing a course that you're interested in mm-hmm. or something or anything you know it can Aye. be joining a football team or whatever well if you're into that same thing then Aye. 
you know, you're going to probably get on better than the wee guy that just happens to live next door to you. Um, so, I, it was kind of through that that I can I realised, well, actually, I couldn't get a job. That was what it was. <laughs> when I finished my course, I couldn't get a job. And uh, I did one of the worst jobs I've ever had in my life, man. It, was, it sounds... I was basically an insurance loss adjuster. So what that means is, basically, if you put an insurance claim in... You bastard. You try and find a hole in my claim. Pretty much, aye. Uh, how so do you I was, sleep at night? Mate, I was ripping off grannies every day. It was horrible. Uh, so I quit. Um, Some of the grannies could have been racist. Well, true. And in that case... They probably voted for Brexit. Aye, well. so in that case, I say, get it No, it was, it was one of those places where it was a weird sort of mentality where... A wee granny would phone up and our roof had fell in and you know, you'd see guys going, Oh, we just saved us three hundred pound there and high fiving each other and I'm like who, who, who did you save three hundred pound for? I know. Is a, it a massive corporation that <laughs> you've not got that three hundred quid. So I I saved up money, quit, and then put myself back through uni and that's when I did television. Right. And then it all just kinda clicked together after that. Like I get quite starry-eyed about stuff like this in all, like, pure romantic fairy tale. Like. <laughs> but do you think, see what you said, it all clicked into place, right? Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it, like, your journey starting, yeah. f- starting out. Do you feel like once you... So let's just say you, you had the two choices and it was staying in your insurance loss to just a job, probably making a decent bit of money, yeah. or going into the unknown, no guarantee of money or success yeah. or whatever but you followed what was your instinctive passion and therefore it all just clicked into place. Would you agree with that or are you more I, pragmatic? No, well, no, because actually I could have just kept doing that job and it was a shitty job and mm-hmm. I hated doing it, but I, it was probably it's probably one of the best wages that I ever mm-hmm. made, to be honest. Right. And that's probably telling <laughs> on how shite the job is. <laughs> um, but me pay you loads to fucking do it. No, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was, you know, Pulling in fat stacks, but mm-hmm. at the same time, to leave a guaranteed wage to the unknown. Aye, aye, pretty much, and I had to pay my own way through it because I'd finished a course, aye. I'd done a course, aye. so it's not that way that I could get any bursaries or anything. Mm-hmm. Or so I kind of put myself in debt just to go back to do TV. Um, but I exactly it all panned out in the end, and I'm so glad that I did. I feel like everybody that I've spoken to so far, and people that I've spoken to that are due to come on, just for having like wee preliminary chats, there's a Aye. common thing that binds everybody, and it's they've all said they just took us, they took a punt, they kind Aye. of took a chance themselves. But moreover, they kind of just were like, "Well, do you know what? Day in, day out, what am I going to enjoy waking up in the morning for? I get out of bed for that. There's obviously got to be an element of realism. You can't just be like, "Fuck it, I'm going to go and join the circus Aye. and like just leave your job and forget you've got two kids and a mortgage and all that." But there is something to be said for even if the money's not there to begin with. Maybe the yeah. money follows, but yeah. is that like, you can't put a price on on daily enjoyment, can you? And happiness? Nah, and I mean. <sighs> It's weird, it's funny that you say that, because I actually do know someone that joined the circus. But, uh, Seriously? <laughs> I, uh, it was, it was, fuck, no, fuck that, who joined the circus? It was uh, Jack Jester for the wrestler. Did he? Yeah, so he, he used to deal with, I think it might have been in the first Insane Fight Club, actually, where he said the three things that he wanted to be was a clown. A tattoo artist. A tattoo artist and a wrestler. Aye. And he said he's done all of them now. No so, way. Aye, aye. I Which mean, I like, thought was the the ultimate example of that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I know. Uh, probably, you know, some of them are all right. Like, aye. especially now, actually, if you want to be a wrestler, everyone would be like, good on you. 
Uh, tattoo guy. artist 100% aye the, the wrestler stuff the stigma will come onto that that's aye. definitely removed isn't it that's yeah, now 100%. seen as very cool aye well, I mean it's just massive now do you know what I mean? but no for, for I don't know like, for me as I said I was genuinely just like a wee fat guy that just enjoyed making people laugh and, mm-hmm. and being creative and uh, Darren Connell was that you? <laughs> <laughs> I do have glasses as well, mate. Um, no, I, 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 it was, it was a funny thing because like, I, I, I do think that there is something in that, but fat is funny. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think there's that weird thing where you need to find your thing, uh-huh. and you're either good at football or you're, you know, really smart or you're whatever. And Aye. Uh, my thing was just to make people laugh, and I used to do impressions in school and all that, and Aye. like. Impressions of the teachers, and but I, I didn't. I, I wasn't like a class clown where I pissed everyone off, or I was just always distracting people. And <laughs> that, I, that, I was quite similar. Aye, I didn't. I wasn't bad. Aye, I, I wasn't. I wasn't I, one of the wee arseholes. I always get. I, 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 the one criticism I always got was I wouldn't shut up. Aye. So it's quite funny that I'm now doing this sort of thing. Yeah, I'm the same. Because I like. I just like talking. Like fucking. Aye. Oh fuck. Sorry. Like. Mr. Teacher, me, a 12 year old who's quite happy in his life. (laughs) How dare I fucking speak to my pal? See, my problem was I'd do the work as quick as I could so I could then chat shite. Uh So you were a lot cleverer. I just just wouldn't do the work then, I'd do shit myself. I don't know how good the work was. I got to the end of it, do you know what I mean? But I, so I think growing up, I didn't, I, I don't know if I really had any ambition you know what I mean like, it wasn't like oh I need to do this mm-hmm. like I just wanted to do something I wanted to grow up really fast as well like I was the one thing that I wanted to be talking about Jack Jester Lee wanting to be a you know a clown and a tattoo artist and a wrestler I actually wanted to be a butcher <laughs> <laughs> fuck knows why that's uh, metal but it's quite funny because I, I tell people this and this is genuinely true when I grew up when I was a wee guy the only thing I would eat was sausage suppers. <laughs> I swear down. Like, well, I, my mom, I, I, like, I was just, I don't know. I don't even think I was a fuss eater. I think I just really, really like sausage suppers. <laughs> Which Who's explains why I was a fucking bore. <laughs> <laughs> but I, sausage, fucking sausage suppers, sausage suppers. So maybe that's why I went to a butcher, I don't know. But, uh, See, when I was we at, when I was like five, my dream job was working on the checkout at Asda. <laughs> or, or, I love that, but I, why? Like, other, other supermarkets are available because I used to look at it, right, and I remember my mates, honestly, at the age of five, and my cousin Ashley, when for like Christmas '97, I've got a brain man memory by the way. But, cr- fucking hell, I know. Christmas '97, right, at their house in Knightswood, and she got, Ashley got a basically a checkout like toy. Right. Hey, How's that for misogyny? Like, I know. <laughs> and obviously she got it and like there was wee miniature tins of Campbell soup on it and I would be like, I, I might point out I was like fucking seven here. Aye. <laughs> but I would like get her to leave and then what I would do, right, is I'd say, right, you go out and you come back in with your shopping and I'll scan it through. I'll the messages through. <laughs> but you know what, looking back, I think it's the funniest thing how serious I took it. I wouldn't have like any detailed interaction with it would be very much this is a transaction right take your messages pay me the money then. Yeah. and off you go and I'd just be like hey, would you like a bag with that and all that. <laughs> I don't know why and I remember like I used to be fascinated and I remember saying this to my mum I don't know if she'll remember this but I was like I thought it was really cool that they could choose whether they stood or sat 
because sometimes you see a checkout operator sitting down and I say such pure boring the, the, the simple up. things mate the it? simple <laughs> things but that was for me I'm trying what I else? like how you went method as well <laughs> 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 but it's like no no I'm giving you bare minimum chit chat here it's I like, was just total bare minimum I was like look I've got other customers to see <laughs> so if I like an Aldi did you ever get your shop in Aldi aye. that is like what is the fuck is their problem they I just fling your first of all right there's nowhere to put your um, there's nowhere to put your messages no. so like when it's it's like it's all piling up now whoever it designed it gets me quite anxious to same, be honest <laughs> and by the way um, Aldi's my favourite shop aye have you tried their protein ice cream no we were talking about this mate unbelievable aye, 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 unbelievable. the halo top fake it's like fake halo aye. top and it's like £2 and it's uh, less than £2 and it's like salted caramel peanut butter there's about 300 calories per tub to contextualise that okay. to put that into context it is about 480 calories for a, a large Snickers fucking and hell. you get 18 grams of protein 5 grams of fat and like 12, 18 grams of carbs or something which is amazing we're, we're straight into the macro chat now I know <laughs> I know I'll think my way for it but uh, I, Aldi uh, what was I saying I was just talking about no, being they're, they're just raging and they're just flinging their stuff at you Dang. and you're like why are you who are you trying to impress maybe they're chat. maybe I, maybe they get trained like that because it's German and they're pretty fucking Aye. cutthroat when it comes they to see if they were to implement that efficiency I just feel like they would have a wee compartment where your messages would go. Aye, it's a design flaw. Because I'm trying to pay, try to take my receipt, and I'm trying to get all my stuff in. I'm like, bag. what order do I put my stuff in my bag? Because sometimes I put my chicken in, but then I'll have like a tin or something that goes on top of the chicken. Like, that might bust the bag. Aye. And then your chicken juice is everywhere. <sighs> I'm getting stressed out. It genuinely makes it, it makes me anxious, but I think it was, was it Tesco? opened up a slow lane did they aye I don't know if it was just a wee trial run thing mm. but they opened up a slow lane for, See, for people like us who like that gonna just give me a minute so I can pack this I know properly. like gonna just let me go I know but uh, Aldi's class though I love it it's I just random shit that I end up buying in Aldi though. I love Aldi I love see that they've got these wee like um I actually don't care if people don't enjoy this chat. <laughs> we, we're now in depth see when we start talking about scran mate I'm in so, <laughs> do you ever get the wee sushi packs no, so you no. get a wee sushi. It's like two pound, right? Aye. Unbelievable. But like the Tesco meal deals. Aye. See, aye. I'm shoehorning in other names now, just so I, I it doesn't become an ad. I'm a Boots meal deal fan because I'm in airports a lot. Yeah, right. Before aye, I fly, I, I, if I don't get a Boots meal deal, I feel like so, like I need to go back to the start and like go again. Like I've not it's done it right. A chicken triple, I get my money's worth. Do, do you know? Do you know what I do? I always wait till I get through through security then get like a, a wee hang for like the airport it could be anything just a bottle of water or whatever aye, I, I, do. I, I do that aye. and then pile all my shite into that bag and then you've got a third bag aye a, aye I did that actually gone to Madrid top tips, travel top tips aye gone to Madrid I did that I can't remember what I had but I went in at JD and I was like can I get a big the biggest Ma- bag you've got and he <laughs> gave me it and I just put bag. I put my backpack in it because I was flying aye. with EasyJet and they've done this weird thing where you take your case but you you can't then take a backpack aye it's the same with Ryanair's worst they know you need to pay priority or something so I just went in and I was like can I get the biggest bag you've got and it was free because it's tax free in airports so I didn't have to pay the five pence and uh, just walked right on just absolutely mugged them right off winner meal deal dinner it was actually a super drug meal deal I had to get because it was Edinburgh airport but it was still alright I've got a feeling it's wholesale see the sandwiches I've got a feeling it's the same company that makes them but they just package them differently brand it up mate because I couldn't see it it's like Chinese factories it's like you think you're getting asked you know it's like oh Adidas Nike no it's all the same mate it's just a different badge 
I can't remember what we were talking about. Fuck knows, mate, but I like it. Same. This, this is, is this is kinda where this is gonna go. See, I'm gonna start off and see something. see for anybody that's sitting listening to this and saying I've just sat and listened to videos. <laughs> well do you know what? See if you're a person who said I love how it just sounds like two pals having a chat, then this is your doing, right? So the, the funny thing is is we just met for the first time today and we went straight into the meal deal chat. I know. My missus always says that if I can go the longest way around to a conversation ender, mm-hmm. I will. Like I'll go on every tangent possible. I'll do that. Well. Go, what in- the fuck would we talk about? Like, I think I'll get inattentive ADD. My I, mum's convinced. I don't know what's my deal, man. I'm just a fucking weirdo. My saying I'm weirdo, mate, just full of shit. <laughs> but I think we were talking about you starting your course and how you felt that it was it was what you wanted to be doing, like Aye. you felt happy and fulfilled almost. Aye, it was words in your mouth. No, it was a uh, I, I think it was I don't know because that was it we were talking about butchers and we are talking about oh, shit jobs and then I wanted to be a, super, a checkout super operator checkout operator that was it and then <laughs> I so it, it wasn't like a you know you get people and I love it but you get people that are just like I know that this is what I want to do Aye. and I didn't know what I wanted to me do me neither but I was 16 so who does do you know what I mean like thinking about it now I just wanted to move out grow up fucking day everything rapid it's probably one of my biggest regrets actually because I went now I'm like I've never I didn't take a year off I didn't go travelling I didn't that was weird I, I light just came really on weird. there can I turn that off Aye, a light it. just totally came on there uh, it was one of those absolute stinking overheads and all oh now we're in the dark that's better isn't it aye that's better um, but Ah, you know you get those people that are just so set on what they want to do. My cousin's like that. I think it's amazing. I think it's, I think it's brilliant. But I didn't. Uh, but one thing I did, I'm so glad, actually, and I, I think it's probably testament to say that I was probably too young to even know what the fuck I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Was when I went back the second time round. So I actually got, I got my first degree. So I, I took it all the way through to degree when I was like 18 or something. 19. That's impressive. 19. Uh, but I couldn't get a job at it, <laughs> so mm. I ended up ripping off grannies. Um, <laughs> and I hated it and it was horrible. So when I went back, I was actually really the, the normal age to be going to kind of college or uni. Do you know what I mean? Did you feel a wee bit ahead of your years because you'd had that experience? Because you've essentially went and lived, it's like getting a second run at it. Like. I, I, no, that's exactly it. So I was like, I've always been the youngest. Like I, I was, I was born in February, so I'm always the like, ah, right, youngest yeah. in my year. You know, right. blah blah. All my mates were eighteen when I was like, or even I. They were like seventeen, eighteen, and I was like fifteen, sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was always I was the one that was getting ID'd in pubs. I was old. Ah, so maybe yeah. that's why I always wanted to be older, or I wanted to do things quicker, or mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know, but um, but I, I think it, I think it worked in my favour because when I went back, I was like. I didn't fuck around. I wasn't the wee guy Aye. the first time round. And actually, because weirdly we've got a connection through uh, my pal Claire. Yes, I. So her husband uh-huh. is one of the guys that was in my first course. Right. Okay. And they're, they're the guys that are my best pals. Yeah. Like you know, like uh, I've known them for fucking decades now. And it's that thing where, see, when we think about what we used to do, like we used to just sit and just play games in that, <laughs> and like. We used to just play Puzzle Bubble. <laughs> we were obsessed with Puzzle Bubble, right? We used to just play it in the lecture. Mad Jerry was just like, as long as you just get your hand in, done, I don't really care. Aye. So he would join in and we'd just play Puzzle Bubble and it was amazing. Did you get your hand in, done? Yeah, uh, I kind of. Like, we all passed, do you know what I mean? But 
the second time round it was like no I'm, I'm here to do something and I could, maybe that's why you've probably the second time around really went of your own volition because you wanted to whereas the first time I feel like there's even if just a small part there's an element of just expectation you've gone because that's what you do you kind of go into study and you might not really want to be there but well I was I, I think by that point I wasn't going to be a butcher anymore so uh, yeah, dream is sealed. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too late thinking about it now it's like I mean Maybe I could be a vegan butcher or something because that's when you'd actually get a lot of money. Yeah, uh, what a vegan butcher do? Just like loads cut. of veg. Uh, so. I was going to say, I was going to say like cuddle animals to death instead Aye. of like slaughtering them. No, well you get all those burgers that look like real meat and all that. So mm. maybe I could just sell vegan produce rather than. Does I think there's because being a butcher's fucking horrible. Like it's Aye. pretty brutal, man. Like I don't know why I wanted to do it. Quite creepy, actually. It's a wee bit of maybe yeah. a glimpse into the mind of a, a, a psychopath. I'm just <laughs> going to make sure that door's left open, <laughs> just in case I need to sprint it's it. It's actually a bolt lock on it as I'm well. Fucked. Like. I'm fucked. Uh, or maybe it's just the mind of a 16-year-old for coming on. I don't know. Aye. Well, aye, <laughs> that is a glimpse into, like, because you're quite isolated out there, aren't you? It's, aye, there's fuck all to do, man. So yeah. it's like uh, nothing but, like torture animals and cover it up is like oh no it's my vocation and like um, it's a job but the, really. the, the only other thing is hanging under in underpasses which no, not many other places have like underpasses Bishop Briggs has got a wee underpass really? was yours like a big underpass I think there was hundreds of them because Cumberland was designed so that you can walk from one side to the other oh, right. so that's why it's all roundabouts and all that there's no like uh, traffic lights because you don't need to cross a road Barcelona I've never thought I'd compare Barcelona <laughs> 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 but they're, Bar- twin, they're twin uh, towns uh, Barcelona is the same because you can walk from the furthest point to the other furthest uh, so point so that was the design entirely pedestrianised even the the like sort of not the full motorway right but Aye. there's like dual carriageways that run through it Aye. and you can walk up them so, that's, so that's, the, that's the exact same Aye. but the problem is is Barcelona's amazing and there's loads to do and people spend time outside Yeah. whereas in coming odd it's well, Come on, old reminds me of Royston Vesey. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Aye. <laughs> but, but I mean, what, what, what else are you going to do when it's pissing down and you've been booted out the house? Well, go you're going underpass. to go an underpass because mm-hmm. it's dry. So that you, makes sense. They used to strike fear into me, man. He's a wee guy cycling him. Aye. And you know that you've got four underpasses to go through, and you <laughs> never know who's going to be under it. So when you're when you're cycling down, I, I perfected the coast. And then hit into like a top gear, aye, so that you could whip through it, man. Oh, boom. So if anyone gotcha. tried to stop me, I'd just fucking ram right through them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's mad that your brain goes to those places. Though, aye, like, like a sort of preemptive, like what my escape route is going to be. Aye, aye. I remember that growing up, and so I grew up in Rob Royston. Aye, aye. So being that, like Rob Royston is lovely. Uh, it's it's magic. It was surrounded by, and no disrespect to the areas, but they're fucking mental. Rover Mill. Black Hill, Balmarnock, yeah. um, Bar- 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 Well, I mean, a lot of them have uh, spawned some of the most notorious Glasgow gangsters. Exactly. So, <laughs> aye, so I, I mean, I'm just dealing in facts here. But exactly. I would always have, like, these... Just automatically, if I was walking somewhere, my brain, almost like Robocop, would be scanning, going, if I get chased, aye. I can run over there, climb that wall and up that fence and run yep. there, or I need to go this way, or how would I try and trick them? Or, like... Have, have, you, had, have you read uh, Loki's book? 
No, a lot is of that, a lot of that's in the book. Urban uh, poverty safari. Poverty safari. I was about to say urban jungle. Huh? <laughs> that's like the Aldi version of Lucas book. Of that. <laughs> exactly. It's like, all the same content. It's just about Barcelona rather than coming on. Uh, no, uh, that's a lot of his stuff that he talks about. Aye. So, like uh, almost like a preconditioned stress and anxiety because you're because you're constantly trying to assess. Things. Aye, I've got so threat many. levels almost. Aye, you know oh, threat, aye I've, um, I've got so many memories. Anybody listening who is from my bit who wasn't from Bermulloch, you would get the 56 bus for town and it would go th- right through Bermulloch. And yeah. honestly, I, my stress levels would be, and aye. I wasn't even a wee guy that ran about doing gang aye, fighting aye. or anything, but I just remember being like, if I'm, if my face is seen as not being from here, aye. I'm like, I am getting asked to state my business. Like, aye. <laughs> that, 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 that was. The, because I'm not into football or anything, right? But that was the same with me, where I quickly learned that if someone goes, Rangers or Selic, they're a Rangers fan. Selic or Rangers, they're a Selic fan. Aye, yeah, they, yeah. They would aye. never say yeah. the, the other team first. Aye, that's a very... So, so that was, that's how my brain worked, do you know what I mean? I was aye. like, right, cool. And I'd always just say Clyde, because <laughs> obviously Broadwood was down the road. Aye. Uh, but then you'd meet like a Airdrie fan or a, a so fan or something, you're like, fuck. Can he win? I'm just into the wrestling, mate. I don't know. I mean, Undertaker or Mankind, for fuck's sake. But no, I mean, the thing is, like, actually, like, Camarod, like, all the people that I hung about, they were sound. Like, I didn't have any bother. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's probably because I didn't look for it, do you know what I mean? Aye. Um, But I, so, I think it was after, when I did do the, the, the telly course, that was when I kind of realised, oh, I'm really into this and, I'm quite good at it. See when you find out that you're good at something, yeah. Like there's a pure great feeling about that. I'm not saying that I was the best at it. Mm-hmm. There was other people. I think I got lucky as well because my course year. It's one of those things that's always drummed into like any sort of creative course is that you know one in a hundred get a job type mm-hmm. thing. It's always doom and gloom, which I don't know if is a good or bad thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's realistic, but it's also pretty. You know, it can beat you down a bit. Aye. And I was, my course, like, I think about half of us are still working telly. Like, got a job, but also continued to get more work. That realism... Which is kind of unheard of, man, aye, to be honest. That realism is obviously essential and can be a good thing, but it could even be packaged as realism with optimism, such as, yeah. look, it's really difficult, but it's not impossible. Yeah, yeah. What's to say that you won't? But again... What the fuck do I know? I've never been involved in any course like that or anything. I, I don't know. It was, it was that thing where I think I got a bit... There's always luck involved in everything. Mm. And then, like, I, I think I got a bit lucky where not only did I have this second time round mentality where I was like, I'm not going to fuck this up. Aye. Uh, but also I think I was lucky that the people in my course were also given it, like, 110%. And they were really good at it as well. Aye. So when you're surrounding yourself with those sort of people, um, you end up doing a lot more or gaining a lot more out of it so you become the some of the as you say some aye. of the people you surround yourself with don't you aye. and that sort of attitude then breeds within each other and that's a good thing I suppose that definitely multiplies so you what was your first sort of work time was it the work experience where you met Joe aye yeah 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 so I think Joe spoke about it when he was on this is uh, we're talking about Joe Hewlett by the way do you know he can't he doesn't know how to pronounce yes, it yes right I do what pisses me off <laughs> I was wanting to see how you said it to right, it, it pisses me off because he he has said to me that he uses all variations of it that is so annoying so, so I'm like just pick one pick one you prick I know he's like I'm speaking to him again so I'm meeting him next Thursday hey aye but that winds me up I know and pick one and say that's my, my, my brain's like that 
you don't know if you're saying this right. So do you know what he's getting, Huli? Uh, so, I say Huli. 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 I feel like... That's that, a glottal stop, so it would be Huli. Aye. So I fuck knows. Well, anyway, you met uh, Joe, Joe spoke about it, so it was uh, like a work experience so, aye, so Actually, it was through that course, so that course that I was talking about. Did you, I say Scott Squad creator, Joe? No. That's who Joe is, if you've not heard these episode. Joe uh, created Scott Squad. He's working and creating State of It with Rav Florence, and he's one half of Lincoln Lorne, which we'll talk about. So you've been updated. Right, oh, sorry, how we go? Basically, if, uh, if you follow Joe on Twitter, he... Uh, won't stop fucking hammering on about everything that he does so uh, <laughs> he's bafta exactly I know um, but uh, I so so when I was on that course they did work experience which again is like I think I was quite lucky because a lot of courses don't really do them anymore mm-hmm. um, were you a comedy unit? it was a comedy unit aye what a place. so for me that was honestly that was one of those things where I was like you know what I mean like you get people who go, oh, I would really love this. Uh-huh. And you don't know if you quite believe them. Like, I was that wee guy where I was like, see if I get this work experience, I'm going to make the nest it, I'm going to uh-huh. do this, I'm going to do that. That's the ultimate, though. I know. It? Comedy, you're it. I know. Like, it's, com- it's a wee comedy. guy, like, for, for, oh, basically, it was everything that I watched as a wee guy, and all my comedy sort of heroes were for that sort of era. And, uh, I was nine aye. I mean I know how obsessed aye. you are about oh, it so. until now the comedy unit has accompanied me and my journey through life <laughs> whether it's Lemmy Scott Squad Tune the Fat it's not a soundtrack it's a uh, mm-hmm. it's tune, it's no tunes it's, it's no tunes uh, it's just the, it's, the comedy unit's productions has been the soundtrack to my life amazing, uh, amazing. so I'm sorry here you go tell me about how but that it, it was basically there was there was actually five years that got uh, the, the work experience and then the usual people dropped out, Vernie well, <coughs> blah blah. So again, I think a wee bit of luck was on my side there. Mm-hmm. And while we were there, they asked us to develop sort of an idea, and I developed the idea and then cut a taster tape. So mm-hmm. a, a taster tape is basically uh, a trailer for a show that doesn't exist yet. Right. And you, so it used to be that you'd write a pitch page or or whatever a, a document proposal, but now you put in a taster tape. So visually, you can see what it would what be, be like, uh, which makes sense because it's a visual medium. But you punt that into the channel, and then they go, "This is our idea. What do you think?" And then they either commission it or bin it. Um, so that was my first time ever cutting a taster tape before. I'd never done it before. And uh, the, uh, Gavin Smith, who's now a commissioner at BBC, like really high up. Oh, aye. Uh, but he, he's he's been involved in a lot of those shows um, that you know and love and um, he basically was like that's amazing we're going to pitch this and they pitched it and uh, they kept me on after that Mm -hmm. so it was just one of those things where I was there at work experience it all kind of snowballed and I ended up leaving my wee part time job uh, in John Lewis to see if I could Make be a star. Coming on with a bright light. Exactly. Uh, of uh, Mary Hill. Mary Hill. <laughs> uh, it's always in the industrial unit, isn't it? Aye. Um, but I was a uh, and, and so I, I kind of just chucked everything at it, man. Uh, even though it was only like I think it worked out as like four Fridays. So it was Aye. one day a week. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't even Aye. as if I was in there for like a month. See, this sounds like pure birthday care pish, I know, right? <laughs> I, I bang on about the alchemist quite a lot. And right. the basic premise of the Paolo Coelho's The Alchemist is when you follow your instinct, however small or big it may be, it's leading Aye. you to ultimately where you are supposed to be because I would say the whole thing about fate and destiny, while there's an element of 
relevance or truth to it I would say that ultimately you decide yeah, but yeah. there are certain things that you're being pulled towards that you'll just yeah. if you follow it it's like the universe just conspires to make it happen I, I think it's uh, I, I'm, I, I don't know if I, I believe in fate or anything like that but I, I think luck is a massive part mm-hmm. of it um, but like we talk about as coincidence as if there's a because so far right there seems up until you're getting your uh, Scott's uh, Scott, uh, fucking hell comedy unit getting kept on yeah 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 and all that that you're like oh that is like five magic coincidences no I know why. exactly so I, it's, it's like, that thing where there's, there's a wee distinction there's just sometimes I just feel like there's a wee something I always joke I always say oh the stars aligned or whatever that's a little eye it's a, it's, it, it does sound fucking whimsical nonsense but it's that thing where actually you usually hit a stride for a wee bit and uh, and that was definitely me hitting my stride where right. I was like fuck everything's going pretty good um, and after that that was me I was just I've been working in telly ever since so so genuinely from that shitty little work experience uh, I've been able to kind of get a career out of mm-hmm. it so let's talk about Lincoln Long because that's cool. when you met Joe doing Aye. your thing and how, how did that how did that idea come about literally we get sat next to each other <laughs> <laughs> you like, who is this mad English dafty well, it, he's it not was, even English I know well he is but uh, but it's that thing where it, it was he literally was sitting next to me in development uh, so when I was working on my wee pilot thing he was mm-hmm. working on Scott Squad obviously and in development, we were doing bits and bobs of other things as well. And we just got on. It was mm-hmm. a pretty small team, to be honest, at the time. There was uh, Gus, who does tons of radio stuff. Um, so he worked with Burniston way back when they were doing the radio aye. stuff. And uh, he does fags, mags and bags. And, oh, right, and, uh, aye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gus is Gus is like the radio guy for comedy in, in, right. in Scotland. Little known fact that people don't realise that Burniston creators uh, Ralph Lawrence and Ian Connell were writers for years on June the Fat. That's right. Aye. People don't realise yeah. they came up with the character, the Prudy school teacher. Yeah. And a couple of others. I think, I think... I think the first one they wrote was the was the uh, salesman going to borrow they're going to use the toilet was it and then he eats the, e- the, guy. the orange aye aye, aye. to anybody that's not seen <laughs> it there's a salesman desperate to use the toilet and he runs up and he chaps the door and he's like excuse me mate like I'm, I know this is embarrassing but can I get in I really need to use the toilet and the guy goes oh of course and you come the guy and it's uh, Greg Kempill sitting on the toilet and the camera's looking at him and he sits down in relief and then his face looks up and it's just absolute shock and then the camera cuts to the door and in place of a door is just a glass pane and then that is when uh, Ford Kiernan sits down crosses his legs and starts to eat an orange while he watches him on the toilet and then he gives him a wee nod <laughs> and a wee right. smile I put that in my Instagram story the other day because I, I was crying I've seen it a million I times know. and I cry laughing at it every I, time I might be wrong actually Rab will be able to tell Robert Fonce will be able to tell you if that was the first but I'm almost certain it was One of them, that is so 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 funny but it always reminds me of like Silence of the Lambs or something I like, see the way how creepily he just he, like, it's the way he picks it up do you know like I'm doing this for you listening dear listener it is like when the Grinch picks up an onion and his fingers just kind of roll room aye to pick it up and then he like takes a wee bite and he gives like this creepy wee eyebrow raise like a very blinking you'll miss it acknowledgement of I am watching you I might be wrong on that I might be wrong on that but I'm almost certain that that was one of them Um, but I can't remember if it was Ian Connell or not but I think it was Ian always wanted to be a I'm in, in no authority to talk about this by the way on their behalf but mm-hmm. I'm almost certain that Ian really wanted to be an actor and Robert always wanted to write 
mm-hmm. and then somehow they became pals, and then that's how they sort of kind of came through there. And they, I think they started it in radio, and then it's all I think it was all through the comedy, not through BBC at least. And they started in radio, and then they just kind of went through there. Because the, the comedy unit are always so good at kind of going, right, here's these guys doing this, and here's Aye. someone else doing that, and how do we build on that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for a stepping stone right up to kind of whatever. But I said that it was, it was the kind of perfect environment because I was obsessed with comedy as a wee guy, you know, uh, as I said, I always just wanted to make people laugh. And um, so to be working in the comedy unit with this guy who I thought was feel, like big shot for London who's <laughs> turned out was actually my peer do you know what I mean he was in there doing work experience and ended up kind of getting something my way so uh-huh. um, and we just had it off to be honest and then after that we ended up becoming flatmates because I was looking for a flat Joe was looking for a flat so we ended up becoming flatmates and then was it you or Joe that was telling the story about when the, so either you held Joe back or Joe held you back when the uh, Neighbour was outside and they spat on your people. Uh, I, was it, it Joe that was Steven? No, it was me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to tell uh, that story, please. I, I think it's just a pure... It just makes me sound like an arsehole. No. <laughs> it's basically... Uh, <laughs> I, I came home Steven and there was a party upstairs. But then that it, was it. It all kind of rumbled out into like, the hallway and, and the close and all that. And... Uh, I, long story short, basically, I was pure acting the big man. I was like, I'll go out and rattle every one of them. I'm thinking that. Uh, aye, and then they tried to boot our door in. <laughs> <laughs> and then by that point, Joe was like, oh my God. Aye. Uh, and then, to be honest, the police ended up turning up because they were, they were rolling out in the street and all hear. that. And then, Where was the flat? Uh, Denison. Oh, right, uh, yeah. But to be honest, I, I was so steaming that I ended up conking it and it was, it was in chaos. my bed <laughs> so I kind of came in booted the hornet's nest and then went <laughs> to my bed <laughs> so that's you and Joe living together that's where the idea for the English and Scottish flatmates Aye, it, it, was, it was funny because like we even before that we kind of just came up with it was around about the time where it was all those sort of videos that were coming out that was like shit uh, black girl say yeah. and shit so and so says and blah 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 and then we thought it would be funny to do shit Scottish girl says and I'd dress up as a lassie Aye. and then Joe would be like you know the the boyfriend or whatever it was just all that sort of nonsense and then we always end up going down a rabbit hole where we we yeah. go how nonsense can you get it and then we always pull it back to kind of like that's fucking stupid Aye, yeah. <laughs> scale it back a bit so I think it was something like shit Scottish guys dressed as Scottish lassies say to English guys but do you know what I mean so it ended up becoming this total nonsense and uh, then sure enough when you actually start writing it it just became a pretty simple idea of a Scottish and English guy because I I had an English flatmate and I watched it and I was like I have said 80% of these (laughs) things like even stuff like because it's like the, the what would you say it's like the Scottish guys get the pure chip on his shoulder as oh, always. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the whole point is I'm I'm the arsehole I'm oh, the, yeah, yeah. I'm the wee ginger Scottish guy that's constantly thinking that you know uh, aye I've got the chip on my shoulder I'm always like you've got some sort of superiority complex over me aye when the, none of that is true it's all, <laughs> it's all in my head like, um, so that's how it comes out where that was magic. And then as it's gone on, it's developed into like a proper thing, and the the yeah. the, the name is genius, Lincoln uh, Long. Yeah, it's perfect. I, I only found this out. I think it was about six months ago that um, Steve Carson, who's Irish, uh, is he's like the head honcho guy at BBC Scotland, 
and uh, we taught him what a lawn sausage was. Ah, really? Eh? <laughs> so he didn't know what it was. Uh, so he was like, "So Lincoln Lawn? I don't know. I don't. What, what is lawn? Is that their names?" And they're like, "No, it's based on the sausages." Ah, like, like, one's an English sausage. Chris Walsh, we're talking to you. <laughs> My mate Walsh says square sausage is is rotten, and that link what? sausage is I know, and that link sausage is the superior sausage. And I'm not saying that I'm hostile towards him for it, but I hope. His marriage fails. Aye, it, uh, I, and I don't even know the guy, and I'm already like, I for the divorce, man. Aye, aye. well, they're, they're not even married yet. Oh, really? They actually get married. Uh, what day is it? He gets married, and this is uh, we're recording Thursday, the second of May. He gets married on the fourth. I hope your marriage lasts a week. Mate. Well, I, I think that uh, all the best, mate, and well done. Uh, and I hope that at the, at the reception. You have rolls and square sausage handed it rather than link. See, he wouldn't allow that. But um, so, link sausage are kind of weird because of the wee the wee Johnny that's on them. Aye, the and then you try and bite them, and then as you bite it, all the sausage kind of comes flying out, and it rolls at the fucking. Aye, I mean piece. they're all right if it's in a roll or a piece. But mm. right, wait a minute, I need to slam the brakes on this. We're going to food, <laughs> food part again. Um, Have you ever bought your sausages for Aldi, mate? They're <laughs> amazing. I'm joking. Um, but no, so that was kind of how we we got together, and Aye. that's how that all started. And there's a lot, yeah. Like you, as you're saying, there's a lot of uh, guys that kind of relate to that who are English that maybe live up here or whatever. Like, I mind I was when I was working uh, in development, coming up with TV show ideas, and we went to the wee local shop to get a wee roll or whatever. And uh, and these workies walked past, and I'd just started in the job, so I'd only so this was my second job in telly after the comedy unit, uh, coming up with TV show ideas and cutting taster tapes and all mm-hmm. that, and. Um, so it was only the second week there and these workies all piled in we're like mate mate can we get a photo with you and I was like oh no this appeared ready in front of like all my yeah, new they, colleagues uh, do you know what I mean and they came in like, I took a photo with you and I was like oh cheers mate and he's like we fucking love your stuff man like blah blah see you later and the person I was working with thought that they thought that I was Frankie Boyle <laughs> <laughs> just because I'm ginger and a beard and no places way. so then they were like what the fuck was that all about? And I was like, oh, I did these wee daft videos. Totally didn't want to tell, tell anyone because it's that sort of complex that you get where you're like, aye. what if everyone thinks I'm just this fucking weirdo or like aye, they don't aye. think I'm funny or whatever? So I didn't want to tell anyone. And then they, they came back in just as we were leaving and dragged this wee guy up. And he was obviously like the wee gopher, do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, new on the site. And he was a wee English boy. And I think they just gave him pelters. All the time for being English, but with that video as the pattern, right? Aye. So like they used to like, oh, pick pick that up. Oh, your puny wee English legs can't he pick up? You know all that aye, sort aye. of pattern. And the wee guy like just looked at me in the sadness and the eyes. <laughs> like, like, I was I was like, what's your name, mate? And it was like Danny or something. I was like, I'm so sorry, Danny, man. Like I, I, <laughs> these guys must give you a fucking absolute hard time, man, every day. And uh, to be fair, they were like, oh, get a photo with him and what. And he Absolutely. was he, he was having a laugh, aye. which was good. But I, and I, he, he loved it because it was nothing vicious. Exactly. He's like, no, they're very, very nice people. They really are. Um, probably a, a good point to say to people listening: go on YouTube or Facebook and watch Lincoln Lawn videos. Cause I guarantee they're hilarious. Like Scottish Christmas is the best Christmas, and Aye. Scottish football is the, the best. best ball, ball. It's it, it, it's funny because like you end up just making these wee catchphrases up that aye. don't even make don't even make sense Scottish football is the best bro aye, Mary Crimble Mary Crimble and all that and it's, that's just the stuff that 
Joe and I actually write everything through WhatsApp. So <laughs> yeah. I genuinely we don't have big writers rooms. We don't sit down and crunch it all through. Aye. It's like literally we just ping ideas back and forth, and it's quite good because if something daft comes into your head. I just send it just to him. Just send it straight away, aye. But it's funny, because like... I do that with Darren Connell. See if aye. something funny comes in my mind, I'm like, I'm writing this now. I need to tell someone aye, right away. And I'm sending it here, and then that's it, it's there. Like, I don't aye. need to then go hunting for my notes, like it's in the chat. So that, that's kind of, that's how that's how we do it. Aye. And, uh, and it, I don't know, we just hit it off, got the same sense of humour, proper, and then that was it. After we started making weed daft videos on our own, um, and then they did really well. That was the thing as well, is like, mm-hmm. I'd never really experienced that before so we put that video out it was something like I uploaded it on YouTube at like I don't know one in the morning on a Saturday or something and then I went out I was actually at a ICW show so I was at a wrestling show at the Classic Grand on Sunday and when I went out there was 100 other people at the four corners uh, having a fag and they are like oh are you, you that wee guy? And I was like, what wee guy? <laughs> and I was like, am I getting done in here? <laughs> I was like, You're I'm not... Like early version of pedo hunters? I, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not admitting nothing here. Aye, are you here uh, to meet Stephanie? Exactly. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, you that wee guy? And I was like, what wee guy? And he went, the wee guy that pure hates English cunt? And I was like, <laughs> no, I don't think so. And then they're like, aye, the video. And then it turned out that like, overnight, I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. Like I'd went out and didn't even, you know, aye. clock numbers. And it was like, I'll up at like, 200,000 or something fucking so for hell. us at the time that was mental that's like, huge isn't it and then it ended up doing fucking mental numbers like. do you feel like that's a, the numbers and ratings is like a vindication are you kind of looking to your bosses like see I told you well I mean it's weird because for us we only were made, making it for ourselves uh-huh. we, we weren't making it for anyone we were just doing it because we had a daft idea and chucked it out whereas now I think a lot of people try and attach algorithms to this sort of stuff and like and uh-huh. it's no it's just people either think it's funny or they don't and it gets shared that it doesn't you know so like, I've got a, a similar thing we, we start on the podcast aye I genuinely take believe it or don't I started it for myself aye uh, I'm, saying, I'm for. saying that I'm not saying that you're hostile believe it I don't do <laughs> but to anybody listening I started it for myself because I thought I would really enjoy the process of researching recording and editing aye. and then putting it out just so happened that it's doing really well um, but it's I think there's some as you say when people attach that algorithm it maybe takes away a certain element of like originality yeah. or your personality out of it because yeah, yeah. you're following the whole like even the whole pop song where there's like a a formula for how to make the perfect right. pop song and all that yeah. if you just can't I don't know if people then would either see your personality in it and like it or they will relate to it I'd, because say, it's, I'd say it's more genuine Aye. I think that's probably the best way to do it is like that daft sort of humour with puns and shite wordplay and all that that's Aye. probably more genuine to what how we would write than Aye. say if someone wrote for us or whatever mm-hmm. um, I don't know but off, off the back of that that was that was kind of why we just kept doing it even mm-hmm. though Joe moved down to London back down to London and came back up and all that stuff because we did everything through WhatsApp we, you didn't even need to be in the same country <coughs> do you know what I mean Aye. Yeah, it'd be the um, same time zone. No, and it was it was brilliant. Although saying that, there is times where like I'll be like sitting with my missus watching a film or something, and my phone just goes. Bzz, 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 aye, bzz. Aye, aye. It's like as if like Joe's my second bud. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to know where my you know text me <laughs> exactly. Back. It's like, no, but he, he, we're both quite bad for it. Where it's like 
one word messages I do that as well bang 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 I'm like fucking hell write it in a paragraph Uh, see I'm the opposite if I'm sending a message I'm sending it bang 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 because it's as it flows Aye. like I wouldn't just look at somebody and go right so here the thing is I want to tell you something Aye. and I was thinking of it stream of consciousness almost it's it like that stream of consciousness as it goes um, so I was watching I mentioned this to earlier I was watching uh, the ICW documentary the other Aye. night first time I'd uh, no the second time I'd seen it yep. and uh, as I've taken to because of knowing more people in the industry now yep. I like to look at the credits and like see right. if I recognise any names yep. and I saw your name pop up That's right, aye. how did how did that happen? Uh, so that was when I was in that second job that I was talking about and uh, so it's IWC Media um, so they were they were most famous for doing like location 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 and kind of big kind of kind of I don't know like prime time shows on Channel 4 like, do you know if and, uh, should be, might be listening do you know Fiona White? Uh, yes, well, I, I've worked with her a couple of times, but not directly. Because she mentioned the other day that she did location, 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 I, that's just stuck in my head. IWC. I, ah, right, okay. Um, she's fantastic. She's I know. All right, Fiona, how you doing? Fiona knows everybody. I know. Like, I know. And she's sound as well. It's like, it's one of those people that just are kind of, I don't know, just at that social level of knowing everyone at the right time. I, you know. She's fantastic. Nah, she's cool, really, really cool. Um, but we, I don't think we actually worked directly together, but mm-hmm. we were both in IWC offices which were all open plan at the same time. So, um, and because I was in development, most people walked through development just for chats and all that because mm-hmm. everyone else was he'd done getting stuff done and yeah, we were yeah. like, what if we came up with this idea? Aye, about, aye, aye. Um, like sitting on your table right, instead of just sitting in your chair. Exactly, I <laughs> so had fucking weird shit on our desks. Like, there was a guy that used to juggle. <laughs> uh, you know, genuinely, genuinely, exactly. <laughs> but, um, but I so it was when I was over there and I worked in development and my, my main role my, I was hired just to cut the taster tapes right okay but they were really cool over there and it was for every genre so it wasn't they, they kind of had a documentary team they had a specialist factual team who did all the history documentaries and stuff right, um, there was uh, factual entertainment who did all your kind of like uh, property shows and all that sort of stuff so it was mad because every day I'd be cutting a totally different idea or genre or whatever but they were all very inclusive of let's all go into a brainstorm, let's all do this, let's mm-hmm. all do that. So uh, they came up with whatever it was they were pitching for and Elspeth O'Hare, uh, who was the head of documentaries at the time, right. um, who is over at Firecracker now. She heads up Firecracker Scotland. Right, okay. Um, she basically was like, right, is there anyone that's an amazing character in your life? It could be anyone from like a plumber to you know the best barman that you've ever known uh, right through and at the time uh, through Sean uh, McNamee who was in my course that I was telling you about he was one of the other guys that's still working in telly and all that Uh, him and I totally hit it off as well we were kind of uh, actually I'm going on a stag do on Saturday um, in town so we're we're not going away or anything like that but um, but aye so he he was into the wrestling for way way back like all the indie promotions and stuff uh-huh. I think he used to wrestle at one point as well uh, when he was much younger so he was always like right he had that sort of same thing mentality as me where he was like just go fucking make something uh-huh. so he came up with the idea of or it was definitely part of it of coming up with it was called Friday Night Bra instead of Monday Night Raw right, okay, uh, yeah. and all that sort of stuff and uh-huh. branded it up uh, helped kind of brand it up uh, way back when they were still doing Mary Hill shows and all that in the community halls 
and he was like, I want to try and make a YouTube show. Like, I want to try and actually make like what the WWE do, mm-hmm. but just do it ourselves and put it out. So uh, I was involved in that. Right, side. Right. So I was ringside filming. So oh, I, was yeah, ca- I was kind of camera. Uh, one of uh, ringside, uh, which was fucking mental. You get splattered in blood, and oh. uh, that made my first show. I was standing there. I think it was. I think it was Noam Dar actually. Friend of the pod. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> um, he fucking did a suicide dive, and it was it was one of the. I think it was one of the audience members moved me at the way because they were like. You, you're getting hurt because I, I was just looking for the shot and he was just like so he ended up having to do this mad thing where like one eye was on the shot but everything else was like almost aye. like a fucking shark or something you split your brain and go like a dolphin or whatever a porpoise of some sort <laughs> um, but aye, so I so I used to do camera for their YouTube stuff so when she said uh, do you know any characters I'm mm-hmm. like I know fucking 30 of them like they're all in a aye. roster together and Blah blah, and I started explaining that uh, there's these guys. There's this guy Mark Dallas, and he runs a wrestling night. And they're like, "Are oh, you okay?" And I'm like, "No, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's over 18s. It's in the garage. So on the Saturday night when everyone's getting wrecked and dancing and winching, they clear it all up, and then someone comes in the next day and p- builds a wrestling ring, Aye. and it's all drinking and swearing and very Scottish humour and blah blah and she was like right is that his full time job and I was like nah he's like at the time I think he was still working as a lifeguard uh, one of the pools like up kind of the west end somewhere so it was that way where I was like no no this is like their dream mm-hmm. but they just do it at the weekends right, like, right. and then they were kind of like right tell us man and I was like right okay one's a transvestite uh, one uh, used to be a clown uh, <laughs> and he's got big massive earrings and he's got a pet iguana uh, the other one's this guy Grado who pretends 999 dis- like dispatcher wasn't he for aye, the fire service aye that's right aye so I was like he works for the fire service but uh, he pretends to be like a fan that's somehow got in the ring so uh, he's all about his munch and you know he gets his belly out and <laughs> gets, you know gets his multi film his video and by that point Elspeth was like right shut the Let, fuck up let's write it. this up let's see what Aye. we can do with it um, so that was my first kind of big development mm-hmm. thing where I got given kind of ownership on it which was nice and I worked with Jen Gilroy we get called the two Ronnies because we sat next to each other and had our own wee bank of desks right, right. Um, and she's amazing Like she's a, an incredible producer um, well, she's now like a series producer Like she's brilliant but she's also like one of the most fun people to ever be around she's just got that uh, I don't know that vibe where like that you can't help it ah, you can't help it caught up in uh, you know all the nonsense so we basically worked together with Elspeth and the Docs team to kind of try and get it commissioned, um, which was really hard because at the time all the wrestling guys were very much on edge that people were going to rip the piss out of them. Because, I mean, the whole wrestling business is like that, mm-hmm. where it's very secretive and you're either in or you're in. You know what I mean? You're, you're not, you can't dip in and out of mm-hmm. it. And, um, so it was quite nice for me to be able to go, no, I trust these guys. And then we got it made, and that's how it came about. It's so, absolutely brilliant. If anybody's not seen it, I don't know if this is kind of contravenes any copyright stuff, but it is available on YouTube. BBC don't seem to care about it. They don't give a shit. Do they, do they? <laughs> I don't know why. I think both of them are up now. 
Right, because um, I only discovered there was a second right. one the other day. Upload by Dewan Any. It was like two. It was like two days ago, and I just because it kind of piqued my interest Aye. after I watched it, and it's actually after I had Noah on and we kind of spoke, and uh, I was like, I really want to see more of that because yeah, I watched yeah. it. I was living in Spain at the time, and. Uh, I got it on YouTube and I was like, I was completely oblivious yeah. to this. And I, was, and I was late to the party. I was like, fuck, yeah. this is so cool. And uh, so then I watched a very British le- wrestler, which was the Vice documentary. That's right, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that was good. But I was like, I need more. And then I saw it and I thought, this is clickbait, this isn't real. And then yeah. it was like the Tour of England and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the second one. Aye, and it was, it was, it was absolutely brilliant. So if I, I would be watching that if... Uh, if I was anybody, are you still involved in any way with ICW? No, 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 not really anymore. Um, I'm still pausing more when I, like, uh, anytime I can get down to shows, I always try and get down. But, um, but I'm still really good pals with Dallas. And uh, you, you and had, what's that? Sorry, you go because I was, I was something just popped to my mind. But on you, go, <laughs> okay. You know I mean? um, but I, so I'm still really good pals with Dallas, and uh, I mean those guys just keep getting bigger and better, man. Aye, do you yes. know what I mean? It's like I'm one of many that's kind of just like. Be free, do your own thing. You know, <laughs> it's like I'm fucking not even on their level anymore. You know, um, what I was going to very prematurely say was you had Dallas on a new production. Yes, aye. Well, let's talk about that. Cool. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, um, so I so Dallas is uh, has a role in our adaptations of Chris McQueer's Hings. Um, so yeah, so we were lucky enough to be able to get them produced, and uh, that's Joe and I, uh, Joe of Scott Squad fame that I'm sure he'll tell you about if you ever ask. Uh, we've kind of made this wee production company, um, and we're that's our first commission. Magic. So I am so buzzing. Dive in. Aye. How did that come about? So again, it's like because Joe and I come from like a development background, coming Aye. up with TV shows. We're always across kind of comedy and stuff, but Joe's really got his pulse on a uh, new talent and stuff like that. Um, I mean, th- I think he's probably auditioned everyone and anyone for Scott Squad, mm-hmm. um, regardless if they're in comedy, they're stand up or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, um, and I-, I was always the same, but I was more f- I was more from like a documentary point of view. Like, yeah. like that's an interesting story. Or mm-hmm. fuck, I would love to find out more about that or whatever. So even though now my full-time job is editing TV shows, mm-hmm. that's all I do, I edit TV shows, um, I always had that thing at the back of my brain where I was like, I still want to come up with things, I still want to create things, I still want to do things. There's like a really cool balance that when you bring those two inputs or perspectives or what have you, where he's got that comedic element and you've yeah. got sort of the documentary perspective, because when you combine the two of those, it creates what seems like a very real story but with that humorous element and it's yeah. almost the is this real or is it not which is the ultimate compliment I think and to that's, that's the thing is you know Joe came up with Scott Squad which essentially is a mockumentary mm-hmm. you know what I mean so it's that bizarre thing where he's in that world as well Aye. because of Scott Squad do you know what I mean um, but I I mean long story short basically we, we kind of decided that we were still coming up with all these ideas mm-hmm. he, he, he I think a lot of it came from Lincoln Lawn, where we were coming up with ideas for ourselves, and then we're like, that doesn't suit us, we would never be able to do that. So then we were kind of like, who would be good for that? And then you start pairing talent up with ideas, and then you're like, hold on a minute, we're just developing TV shows again. Um, So by this point, obviously, uh, 
you know, Joe's, Joe's on what the fifth series of Scott Squad or something. Um, he likes to say Scotland's longest running sitcom now that it's still getting. Ah, he got very does. R.I.P. Um, but love you, big man. Not gone, but not forgotten. Exactly. Um, but so uh, yeah, we just kind of went fuck it. Why are we trying to do things through middlemen right. when actually we know the commissioners that like, we're able to? You know, we've got a proven track record mm-hmm. in several different areas. Uh, you know, I, I'm. I'm more of the technical side of things because I edit and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Joe's more from the writing side of things, so we kind of came at it from that sort of perspective. Covering a lot of bases there. Aye, and, and I think we've got a lot of connections now as well, yeah. um, just from the work that we've done. Um, does does so that track record? Do you, does that make it easier? Because it's difficult to get things commissioned. Does that make it somewhat easier? No, not at all. So, <laughs> I don't think so at all. In the slightest. Did, did you have a tough time getting this off the um, ground? Weirdly, with hangs. Uh, again, I think talking about that hit your stride, yeah. stars align, all that jazz. I think it kind of did. Joe and I were coming up with these ideas. We were, we were thinking, should we try and do something with these? Mm. And then um, we kind of got uh, pulled into the same world as Chris because obviously I followed Chris through Twitter. Yeah, but it was when he released Hings that actually his publishers, Four Hundred Four Inc. Um, got in touch with Joe and said can you give us a quote for the book can you read the book and let us know what you think for it mm-hmm. um, and he was down in London at the time and was snowed under with all these other things and um, he was basically like I, I can't I don't have any time and he was like but you and will read it if you want <laughs> which is a total downgrade <laughs> but uh, I was like fuck I had love to read it because actually I was looking forward to the book yeah, anyway yeah, yeah. so I was like I'd love to read it and they said yeah no problem sent it over and I fell in love with it man I was like I love it this is totally my shtick it's brilliant and, uh, and I sent a wee quote back which I think Chris now hates actually but does he? Yeah, yeah. I don't think he hates it I think it's more that he's definitely as a writer grown you know into his own sort of mm-hmm. beast and element but I kind of wrote back I can't remember it but it was something along the lines of like uh, you know, surreal snapshots of working class Scotland. If Lemmy met Irvin Welsh, oh, all right, aye. Um, and then they put it on the fucking front cover. <laughs> oh, aye, so you did. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? It was the next one where uh, the uh, quote was funnier than Scott Squad from yes. the Scott Squad. Yeah, exactly. That's a good one. Which is funny. So, aye, I can understand why he wouldn't like the Lemmy meets Irvin Welsh, but at the time, but yeah, but at the time, he was, right, I think relevant. he was like, fuck, I love that, aye. like blah blah. So that was how I kind of got to know Chris. Was <laughs> Not just from like that sort of Twitter level. Uh-huh. If that's a weird thing to even say. I know, know you mean, at I, I level. check myself saying that all the time. But, but um, surreal, I don't give a fuck. But uh, but I so that was how I got to know Chris, and then f- off the back of that, mm-hmm. we were kind of talking to Chris about other ideas. So actually, the idea that we pitched. So this is a perfect example of how it's not easy at all. The original idea that we pitched uh, get KB'd. They weren't interested in it, mm. um, but they then by this point we had a much better relationship with the commissioners um, and they said let's see if there's another route that we can go down um, and then we, we actually said to Chris do you want to come in with us in the pitch meeting and be involved in the whole process he was involved anyway but Aye. more so with the actual commissioners now Yeah. Um, and basically they were just like yeah we love Chris we love his stories we love you guys doing a whole new other thing Um and our idea was try and use new talent all the time. Mm-hmm. So I would be the new talent as producer. That would be Joe's first time execing as an exec producer on anything. 
Um, then the Chrissy's first writing, screenwriting um, gig. Um, so then that was when Louise, uh, one of the commissioners, so it was um, Louise Thornton and Gavin Smith, Gavin from the comedy unit, again, um, originally from the comedy unit, they decided that actually if we're going down the new talent way, let's get new talent directors as well. So they paired us up with uh, Chris Cummins and David Gray. Yes, from also... Yeah, yeah. Well, they used to be called Grave Day. They were Grave Day at the time. They were uh, called Chris and Dave. Chris and Dave. Chris uh, is raging because somebody spelt his name wrong the other day. That's right. I, uh, I was in an article uh, and I was like, "Fucking hell!" Honestly, you uh, throw a dog a bone and he just nah, but I, nah, I can no. get my out. I know you as well. That to be fair, I'm annoyed because we give all the information out and it's like you literally need to copy and paste half uh, of it. Like, how is that hard? Um, but somehow they messed up. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm yeah, very so, much looking forward to seeing what other things they. Oh man, I mean, they, they just keep knocking them at the park. Like, they're just constantly putting up really good quality content. Actually, um, see if, if guys, if he's a listening, I've got two twins, and uh, the thing is, what, what time, do you mean? Well, I've got, sorry, two twins. Wait a minute, no, I, I have twins, <laughs> and uh, uh, Moe and Sean Don, and uh, they're they're getting quite hungry. So <laughs> if he's want to cast me in anything, no, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't get me wrong, I'm eating, but, yeah. uh, but they're they're, they're kind of. Doing without, so I mean, <laughs> if you want to see my twins struggling and starving, then I mean, <laughs> have that in your conscience. That's up to you, lads. Exactly. But no, I mean, they, they, it was so cool to work with them on a bigger project. So I think that was their first sort of broadcast uh-huh. directing thing. They've done tons of sort of uh, shorts and comedies and all that. Um, so it ended up just becoming this wee ragtag team, uh-huh. uh, and and we got it commissioned and got it. And it's, it's all completed now, isn't it? it totally done. So eighth of May is it out? Uh, ninth, ninth, ninth of May, Thursday the ninth of May. It'll be on iPlayer. It'll right. be three episodes. Um, so they're three five-minute short films. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's some. Chris is actually in them as well. He was saying uh, so he, when he came on. Episode, when he was our first guest on the show. That's fucking hell. That was that's right, isn't it? That so was I, the first it. First episode, I in January. Fuck. And uh, we were chatting before, and I was like, "What's happening and stuff?" And he, he mentioned it. Then he went into pure detail, but Aye. he's like, "Told me it would be." And he's like, "Kind of Twilight Zone where he introduces the shows." Yeah. And I was like, "That." I was like, "Fucking hell, brilliant!" I went, "So yeah. can we talk about that?" And he went, "Absolutely not." And I, I know it's like, a shame. It's because it's, 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 it's the usual way. It's the usual way where Aye. you're just like, you want to tell everyone. You want. I've I've been busting it seems to tell everyone about what we're doing and uh, who we're working with and blah blah. So. Um, but I so that's kind of where it came from, and even the even the actors in it are new talent as well, mm-hmm. and then they're paired up with uh, more familiar faces. So like uh, David Heyman's in it. That is that is mental. Oh, David man. Heyman is a massive name. I love him, man. Like, he's, so and because Vince Gallagher, the poison of a clean side. Man, honestly, David Heyman was, and I think Chris was over the moon as well because he's just got one of those faces that's perfect for the role. Uh, and the voice alone like his voice um, so we've got uh, David Taman, um we've got Natalie McCleary um, who was actually in a recent thing with Greg Hempel um, right, it was Greg Hempel's um, hour long uh, films that he made for BBC Scotland I um, wasn't aware of them yeah yeah, yeah. so there's, there's two they're kind of like horror comedies right okay um, and she was in one of them so that's how I kind of knew of her but I think Joe knew of her from somewhere else alright okay um, then there's Mark Dallas so he plays yeah. one of the characters um, we've got Scott Greenan who played uh, 
Begbie's son in Trainspotting oh, 2 oh aye, aye. Um, so Scott was great um, I'm not telling you what roles are playing just watch the, watch the films is, is he for Cumbernauld? I don't think so No. somebody that was in T2 was in Cumbernauld I think I might be aye. totally wrong I don't know I thought he was good though. Aye, so so he was great. In college, Dad, yeah, exactly. I, watched, I watched that the other night. Actually. Did you? Aye. Um, the funny thing is, he's so Hotel much taller management. than Begbie. It's like, aye, aye. it's like you could smash him. Um, <laughs> who else have we got in it? So we've got Dallas, we've got uh, Scott, um, we've got uh, Michael and Ellie. So they're kind of new talent. Um, they're in the one film together, uh, and Michael's got one of those Jim Carrey faces where it's just. Makes me, aye, it just makes me laugh, man. He did such a good job, and I think Ellie's like a way to Yale or something like that. She's, Seriously, aye, she's got a, an acting scholarship or something. Fucking hell! So it's that way where like we've got all this amazing sort of wealth, a, a talent on screen and behind the screen. Um, the whole crew were amazing. Um, I, I dare say when the BBC see because I, I personally think. Sorry, I, I cannot forget. Paul McCall for Lemmy shows oh, in it. Oh, no well. way. Um, Do you know who I met recently? Alan McHugh. Oh, aye, aye. I met him at a thing and we were chatting and he's coming on the show. Nice. Although he's, he never, Alan, if you're listening, text me back. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like I've just, we were having this conversation and it was like, can I just go in and I just stopped and I was like, oh, no. I was like fuck, is he chasing yeah. me? He's obviously a very busy guy, but a legend, but Paul McCall. Paul McCall, what, honestly. What, we went out. He's also very distinctive, isn't he? Like Aye. his voice and his face and all so that. So we ended up going out for drinks after we kind of wrapped everything and finished everything. And uh, it, David, the director, went missing. But I think it was just Paul and his missus took him astray and kind of <laughs> ended up keeping him out all night. And no they way. ended up, I think everyone was like, where the, where the fuck's David the next day? And he was like, oh, I ended up kicking in fucking Paul's couch or something. <laughs> no. Um, but no, Paul's cracking and he plays the role so well. Like, oh. Honestly, I'm so over the moon. With Aye. The, the, I can't wait to see it. Came out. I was oh, going to say, I dare say that um, in, in sort of relative terms, the BBC will, I think they'll be a bit taken aback by the viewing figures because I think yeah. there's just going to be a real hype about it. And I, I hope so, man. I hope so. Because everybody's read the book, so now yeah. everybody wants to see it. And yeah. to also maybe even satisfy the curiosity of seeing, does it match up on yeah. screen with what is in your mind? Yeah. So there, so there are five-minute shots, and Chris wrote them, so it's not like we've dicked around with his stories. Aye. It's like we came together with Chris and we worked directly with Chris to kind of come up with his version of what would happen on screen and how do we make that work in the budget, which was a small budget um, and how do we compress it into five minutes because they're five minute short films so mm-hmm. um, so yeah it was a bit of a challenge but it was brilliant man I loved Magic. it and that'll be on iPlayer Thursday 9th of May so yep. seven days from recording I don't know when this will be out tomorrow or next day aye so I will be spamming about it by the way so aye, if I'll join in aye please do man everyone spam about it Tell everybody. Please, he needs to feed his twins Dolce and Gabbana. <laughs> <laughs> They're starving. They are, mate. Anything uh, you want to kind of plug, talk mm. about? You want, you've got your big chance, you're sitting face-to-face with your hero. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> mate. I, know, no, I mean, to be honest, mate, I've just got so many things going on all the time. Like, I've got, I'm always one of, I'm one of those guys that get like six aye. plates spinning. But um, I, I've just... Uh, please support... Um, Belt Art Studios that's the company that Joe and I have set up um, please tweet share everything about Chris and uh, Hings and uh, go buy his two books as well they're hilarious um, and State of It as well is coming back so 
Um, I edited uh, State of It. Joe produced it. Um, so it's coming back as a series now. Magic. Uh, and Lincoln Lawn had a little bit in the in the pilot episode. So hopefully we'll be getting a bit more of that on screen stuff as well. Um, but I think that's probably it. Judging by those plugs, Chris, you was forty quid. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know. Oh, so, another thing is check out my band, Campfires in Winter. Yes. Um, I, I don't really do much. I just play the drums, so I just hit things with sticks. Would you call? What is it? Would you say? Would you call a drummer? Ah, oh, fuck. Would you call a guy that hangs about with musicians a drummer? <laughs> <laughs> that's me, pretty much. That's me. That total um, arse in it. No, that's fine. I mean, I usually make an arse of playing the drums and all, so it's all good. <laughs> uh, right. Campfires, it's campfires with a K into it. No, is it not? No, we spell things properly. I, I don't know. I, my mind, I'm hitting a Cassidy. Remember them? Oh right, aye, aye, aye. Cassidy. Aye. Uh, what happened to them actually? Chucked yeah. it. Do you know aye. Paul Dockery? Uh, he was working as like stage manager, I think, with a tour thing with Cassidy, and he's worked no. with. Would you say, how do you say, oh fuck, I'm going to cut this out now. <laughs> no, I won't. I'll keep it. But Paul get annoyed at me. See how that's mo. Amy. The Swedish lassie, and she did um, that thing with Justin Bieber and Major Lazer. No. Everybody gets high sometimes, you know, have you not heard that? No. Oh, she's massive, but he's working with her now. Nice. I'm sure he's like stage manager or something. He also nice. toured with Las Vegas because he oh, brought right, me okay. along to Las Vegas and Barcelona, actually. Nice. Uh, nice. I thought you might have known him because it's one of the ones where Paul seems to know everybody. Aye, so. to be honest, he probably knows. Or the band probably know him. I genuinely am um, just the fucking idiot. Paul will be on here soon. He's got a lot nice. of mad part to tell. Like he's just bet, always man. all over the world. I bet. And he, uh, I touring's get, mental, man. Like I, it's it's either for you or no for you. Mm-hmm. Like, you get into some mad situations. Like, you can say like, this out. The way you looked at me there, I said he's only for being recorded. So no, no, not at all, mate. <laughs> not at all. Again, I was a wee guy sitting in my hotel room watching the wrestling, eating a saucy supper, mate. Well, they yeah. <laughs> like causing riots. Ah, exactly. Well, mate, this has been magic, and thanks for your time. And I'm sure you'll be on again soon. When I'd love to, man. Something else coming on. Hopefully. Get you on with Joe at the same time. That'll be alright. That'll and be just right. like I'll just say like who's the real talent <laughs> it'll be I'll, I'll slip into character though that's the thing I, just, I hope that people don't think that I'm actually like that that's the problem people might but that's fine up. exactly fuck them I'm fucking amazing right singing in I can only get better not only get better if we see it through that means me Teach me not a thing Can only get better Can only get Can only get Make it all a million No, I know that things Can only get